I think what we're seeing in our culture right now really is the fruit or byproduct of three or four decades of uh, really shallow American Christianity, a really um, surface level focused on, you know, sometimes prosperity or focused on, um, you know, civil order, you know, the religion of the people, do good, you know, it's, it's about a, a political party or something like that instead of Jesus. Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. Uh, I'm Joshua West. As you might notice, Gary Wilkerson is not here today. He is traveling and and preaching uh, somewhere in the country. But we do have Evan Wilkerson with us here today, who is coincidentally our uh, director of NextGen and also Gary's son. And AJ Nicandro, who works uh, in the NextGen department as a, a speaker and collaborator with Evan, Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. Thanks so much for having Appreciate me. Having is this your here. first time on the podcast? I've been on it a couple of times. It's been a while, so nice to be back. Good, good. Well, I was wondering if the first time on your dad's podcast was was without your dad. So no, no. <laughs> Fortunately, I've been on a few times. It's been good. Good, good. Well, I you know I'm real excited to talk with both of you. Um, have immense respect for for both of you and. Uh, what you guys are doing here at the ministry, really the same thing we're doing, but with with the aim uh, at the next generation, young adults. What what age group uh, are we? You know, obviously whoever God affects, but what age group are you really kind of aimed at? Yeah, so young adults, as in eighteen to about twenty eight, but older is okay. You know, thirties probably the cutoff, but yeah, young okay. adults in yeah. general. Yeah, just kind of uh, contextualizing the gospel to this generation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned it's the same thing you guys are doing, except for a younger generation. We want to branch with the mission and vision of World Challenge, bringing the uncompromised gospel to this generation and to really see their hearts, their minds, their lives transform for the sake of the gospel. Just a quick you know, minute or so for each of you. What, uh, how did, uh, how did you come to faith, Evan? Yeah. Great question. Big question, a loaded question. I'll see how brief and succinct I can answer it. I spent a lot of years away from the faith around high school. I, I started admiring too much of what other people thought. And I, I started to drift from a real relationship with the Lord. So I remember a clear night at sophomore year of high school not seeing the purpose of prayer and thought, I don't need to pray. That's not for me. And from there, things seemed okay for a little bit. But as as soon as I really gave myself over into that godless lifestyle, I started to experience all of the godless consequences and got very heavily involved in taking pills, narcotics, drinking as much as possible, smoking weed every single day. And it used to be a social thing, right? I used to do it to get invited to parties and host parties and just be a part of that lifestyle. And then as my addiction increased, I realized that all of the friends were gone, but the drugs were still there. So it became a part of my identity. That's who I was. And I eventually accepted this identity. I, I am an addict and I'm okay with that. I'm going to live uh, head on as, a, as an addict and just dive right in. And it wasn't until I started experiencing a lot of suffering, I got arrested a lot, I broke all of my 
family relationships, all of my friendships, and I really began began to be crushed under this this weight of depression, anxiety, fear, loneliness, and the insanity of addiction because it really steals your mind. And so I hope I'm okay giving this long form of uh, testimony, but it is instrumental to how I come to how I came to know the Lord. And so years pass on, we moved back to Colorado. I started seeing a drug counselor just just to help with my anxiety and help me get out of all of my drug habits. He said, Evan, you know, God sees the things that you're doing and it breaks his heart. So next time you should just try saying you're sorry and see what happens. And so I, I didn't really care what he was saying at the moment. I know I was paying him for his advice, but I didn't actually care. And I went away from that meeting um, thinking nothing would change, but it stuck with me. I remember getting into an argument with my mom one morning after staying up all night drinking and they went to church. I stayed home and I remembered what my counselor said. And so I tried it. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I was, I was very sincere, but it was that simple. And before I got the last words out of my mouth, I just felt so overwhelmed by the crashing love of God, this intense love of God that came over to me immediately brought me to my knees. I was weeping. Like I started off kind of simple, Lord, I'm sorry. And then immediately ended up me weeping, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, but I felt so loved. And the beautiful thing about that moment was, uh, about 15 years ago, maybe longer, I, I keep realizing more and more of what God did in that moment. Um, I realized that the Father completely forgave me, and it was because of the Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And I was having this experience because the Holy Spirit was baptizing me and dwelling me. And so as time goes on, that experience becomes more revelatory to me. I start realizing just how impactful it was. And I wish I could say everything got better after that moment. It didn't. I actually got worse, but that's another beautiful part of it and who God mm. is. He gave me his very best when I was at my complete worst. Amen. And that, that stuck with me. That's it so did uh, set a new trajectory where I started getting sober, started going to AA, started um, reading my Bible, went to Bible college. And years later, you know, have a family working at World Challenge, working, ministering to young adults, and I'm just absolutely sold out for Christ. Praise God. That's a, that's a great story. A lot of the pieces mirror, you know, my, my story as well. And so um, what a great, uh, you know, I've only known the Evan who uh, walks in victory, the Evan who's a good husband and a good father. And so, well, thanks for giving us a little insight. AJ, how did, uh, how did you come to know the Lord? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in church. Um, my grandfather, he planted a couple of Filipino American churches here in Colorado Springs. Um, and he was a pastor and so we, I grew up in church like all the time, like being in Sunday school, always being asked the question, like, like always being the one to be voluntold to answer the question, what you learned in Sunday school. And that's tough. Yeah, like that. it was tough, man. I was like, oh, and uh, it's because I was the oldest grandson. And so 
Um, yeah, and so I grew up in church um, up until middle, like late middle school, um, just kind of just going through the motions, you know, knowing a bunch of the, you know, Bible stories and all those things about just knowing a lot about the Bible, not really knowing God for myself. Obviously, at that age, you're just playing around. I'm a jokester. I play around all the time. Just troublemaker. Everyone that knows me when I was younger always was like, yeah, I'm surprised you even believe in God. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I uh, So at that point, um, up until late middle school, um, we had like an immediate family uh, crisis, something that happened with my family and my other family. Uh, like all of our family, just something just happened. It was a family issue that came up and it kind of separated my family from going to our church at the time. And for me, that was like my community. Like, yeah, I had friends at school, stuff like that, but it was it was a really tough time for me and um, for our whole families in general. And so um, when that happened, I just remember being so angry mm -hmm. at God and thinking like, why, if we have family, like as blood related, like why why did this god why'd you allow like someone people that i love so much that are my family to hurt me or to hurt our like to hurt why are we hurting each other and it's like yeah. and i was more mad at that allowance in a way that i was like god that's i was pretty messed up like why'd you let my family like kind of break apart in that way and so when that happened um that was really tough for me and then as time went on obviously and going into high school like that was like late middle school i was just doing whatever i wanted I really cared a lot about what people think and caught up in like popularity and wanting to create my own identity and what I wanted people to know. But then, you know, being at home, it was really hard because I was like struggling with stuff. And like, even though there was like, like highs of just hanging out with friends or doing things you're not supposed to do, you come home and you still feel pretty empty. still pretty like, dang, I wasn't even, now I'm still having to deal with whatever I'm at at home. That just gave me a little distraction. And so over the time, uh, over doing that and bouncing around different churches in Colorado Springs, my second semester of senior year, I remember just being super rebellious. I remember uh, being at church and fighting with my parents. Like, I don't wanna go to a youth group. I don't wanna go to any high school ministry. I don't care. Like, I just wanna do my own thing. And I would be so rebellious to like, <laughs> I would be so rebellious to like tell them, oh yeah, I'm gonna go. And then I'd like hide in the bathroom stall, put my feet up and either fall asleep, watch <laughs> YouTube videos or just be in the bathroom for like months. Wow. And one day I was in the bathroom doing that and the toilet flooded. Like, and I was like, what in the heck? So I had to go and interrupt the pastor at the time, the youth pastor there. I was like, hey, the toilet's like flooding in the bathroom. So he was taking care of it. And he basically said something along the lines of like, hey, AJ, I know you've been hiding in there you need to go to youth group. And I was like, dang, I was like, I didn't know you guys knew. <laughs> I was just faking it and I would always like make up a story. Yeah, this is what we learned in church today. And it was like some, some, some random thing. Jesus loves you and yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, good, good job. And I was like, cool. But at, at that time when I first went into um, youth group, like I met this guy who was just like, he had a beanie, black skinny jeans with rips in them, tattoos and nose piercing. I thought he was like, I thought he was supposed to be like, he needed like resources at the church, like he was like homeless or something. And so I, I don't know why I was just being prideful. I came up to him and was like, hey man, like uh, if you're looking for the resources or you're looking oh, to really? find resources. And he was like, dude, I'm the youth pastor. Oh, wow. I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> so then long story short, that blew my mind. You know, I thought there was like a, because of image, you know, care so much about how you look as a person rather than who you are in your heart, who Jesus is in your heart. 
And so that blew my mind. I was like, is this guy really about it? Like, does he have this relationship with God? And just hearing him teach and pour into me, like really stuck with me. And then camp came around and I remember just being so like downcasted, so discouraged, so just like fake, mm -hmm. feeling flawed and just like feeling like, man, like I'm just being fake. Like I'm not, I don't even know who I am really. And so I was just like feeling like all the emotions and they did like a, man, if you just need to rededicate your life to Christ or if you really don't even know like who you are in Christ, like he loves you, all this stuff. And I just started letting it all out. Mm. And so, yeah, my 17, second semester senior year got saved, Amen. gave my life fully to Christ, even though I grew up in the church and knew all about it. I actually knew who he was for myself. Mm. And so, Amen. yeah, long story short, that happened. That was pretty long, but no, that became um, to where I'm at now, now being married and um, here at World Challenge, right after that, I was actually the youth pastor at that church that I got saved at, which is crazy. <laughs> wow. Um, so it was a blessing. God is so good. Um, and I've just been, it's been totally 180 difference from where I was at. So, Amen. Yeah. Well, it's good to have a little insight into both your lives. You know, obviously for the sake of people who are watching, you know, there is something um, uh, you know, not where we grew up, not our skin color, not if we were rich or poor. There's something that unites all of us together. And that's the fact that we were lost, but now we're found. And so, you know, in the next few minutes that we have here, um, just wanted to kind of talk to you guys about taking the gospel to the next generation and, and just, you know, kind of talk through some of those those issues. And, and something I was, um, you know, just wanted to start the conversation off with is, in, in my opinion, um, and me and Evan have talked about this, I think every generation has the misconception that they're especially difficult to reach. You know, mm -hmm. like there's always this this uh, idea and some I think the church sometimes we we propagate that we're thinking man mm. you know these kids you know yeah. <laughs> what are what, what are they thinking because <laughs> you know and yeah. I think part of it is um you know the older you get sometimes the more disconnected you become to the fact that all of us were you know we all had to grow up too. So it's not just about faith. It's about growing up and understanding reality, finding identity, living in the world. And, and so, um, but I don't want to say that at the, at the expense of uh, acknowledging some of the unique challenges of, of uh, this generation. So, you know, what do you, uh, what do you think about these two concepts and, and how are they different? And I'll start with you, Evan. Uh, what, you know, what is the difference between being de-churched and unchurched, you know, people who grew up in the church who are now maybe defecting from the faith, quote unquote, or deconstructing, mm. and and people who are unchurched, people who maybe didn't grow up around Christianity and don't have a understanding of the gospel. Um, you know, w what is more difficult to deal with, unchurched or dechurched, and, and what are you guys seeing as you're as you're ministering to young adults? I think it's harder if they're dechurched because then you have to bring some healing and, and recovery to things that they already know. So as opposed to bringing them something that's brand new or that they haven't actually tasted and seen that is good. So the de-churched have familiarity with the gospel. They have familiarity with church. And so that is a process. But the unchurched, they have, um, I think this generation has a lot of spirituality. They're, they are seeking, they are curious me and AJ sometimes go to UCCS just to talk to college students and mm -hmm. do a, a survey where they're at just to see what they what they think. And there is a lot of skepticism, unfortunately, towards Christianity. 
But I, I think that is both from the de-churched and unchurched. But from the unchurched perspective, there certainly is more of a, I think, maybe maybe a, a dem- demographic, not everybody, but a, a willingness to hear a Christian out, to hear where they're coming from, especially if you have a relationship with an unchurched person right. and you care about them, that you, they see that you love them, they're w- willing to hear you out. I think there is a layer of skepticism and cynicism if they're de-churched. Yeah. What What do you think, AJ? How How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 23. 23. So, you know, I think you're, you know, Evan is uh, a decade older, uh, yeah. you know, and so I think we're kind of three decades here of, of ages, you know. I'm be awesome. Proud. So it kind of represents three different eras. But, you know, you really personally can speak to to that. So, you know, even though you grew up in the church— you know, what do you, what is your vantage point on that? Like people, maybe friends of yours or someone that you know that like, you know, has left church or fallen away, you know, why, why, what are the reasons for that, that, that they're saying, you know, what has been your experience? That's a great question. Um, yeah, me, I mean, me being a young adult myself, which is kind of, it's like crazy dynamic being in next gen ministry right? with people that are like my age. Right. So it's, um, Anyway, in that, uh, I think D-Church and Unchurch, like, I think D-Church is just, like, really having to ask the question of, like, who is Jesus to me? Like, I feel like in youth group or in different types of, like, places where you've been in church with other people that believe, it's, like, easy to kind of go with the motions because you can give the right answers. Um, You know, like, you've read the scripture or, like, you've seen what it says in the Bible. You get the point. But for it to believe in your heart, for you to have like a true understanding of like, who is Jesus to me? Like not just who is Jesus to everybody else in youth group. Um, I know about all of these things, but now am I truly gonna believe it in my heart to know like Jesus is my Lord and savior or do I just know that as like head knowledge Mm -hmm. to kind of get me through um, church so that people don't think I'm going through it. And a lot of the time I think D church is, it's, it's based on like almost like having to act like everything is fine like when you're a believer and you know the word it's like you're supposed to be like you're you're expected to know and be good like you're like oh you know jesus you'll be fine like and a lot of them is like well i have doubts still i have hardship of understanding like what does this mean in the bible when it says this this is hard for me to grasp but having a safe place to be able to to have those doubts or have have questions but where are you bringing it to and a lot of the time it almost seems like the world in a way is more receiving of like those um those doubts or those questions that you have you're like oh i can actually ask this and right. it's okay and so um i think and then unchurch kind of like agreeing with what you're saying is like more open um not having to grow up in it it's like you're like clean slate but right. i also think unchurch too has like when they learn about church history or church culture it's like oh man they're like it's very hypocritical or oh, they're saying one thing, doing another, or how did they, why is that church history, things that happened like Christianity in the past has hurt so many people mm-hmm. in the present. It's like, that's kind of their vantage point. They don't see it as like, oh, I've been in church and experienced and tasted that the Lord is good. I've, I just mm-hmm. have never even been in there. Right. And I'm just gonna just take with what people have told me, which is also other people that don't know Christ. They just kind of know the history of it too. So um, I, I think those are just, some of the dynamics that I see with the differences. So yeah, I have an, yeah. A, you know, an opinion about unchurched and de-churched people. One one thing that I has been my experience is what you said about a blank slate is 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 true. I actually 
someone who doesn't know the Lord or really understand God um, at all, mm-hmm. typically presenting the gospel to that person is very, very easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. um, I think the problem with the de church is, is twofold. One is um, people who that we think are de-churched or deconstructing sometimes are doing that <clears throat> based on flawed or shallow theology. And I think mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing in our culture right now really is the fruit or byproduct of three or four decades of uh, really shallow American Christianity or really um, surface level focused on, you know, sometimes prosperity or focused on, um, you know, civil order, you know, the religion of the people do good. You know, it's, it's about a, re- a political party or something like that instead of Jesus. And I think if, you know, pointing people to the Savior, you know, when people say the church is full of hypocrites, I'm like, yeah, and broken people and messed up people and, <laughs> and Jesus said, yeah. come unto me. Yeah. Right. But I, th- I think for me, I think sometimes we take what people say at face value um, when we should be digging a little deeper. And this takes this takes relationship. This takes um, time. You know, really reaching people for God isn't just having a crusade. And preaching a message, waving a Bible around, that's that's great, but it's really bore out in day-to-day life, you know, where yeah. because most people that I've dealt with, um, you know, I, I would say have a misunderstanding about what the gospel is. I right. mean, almost always, like there are people that think Christianity is about um, us versus them or what we think about people outside the faith or a list of things we do and a list of things we don't rather than um, the state humanity finds itself in. I, I always like to tell people this when they start questioning the goodness of God. <clears throat> you know, a lot of young people want that's the very first place they want to go. Well, if God is real, then what about this or what about that? And I always say, well, the most important question isn't, is God good? The most important question is, is the God of the Bible God? Mm-hmm. That's the question wow. we really need to tackle because if He Dang, is, really then a lot of other things are givens. Uh, you know, without getting too theologically deep, though, God is good. Um, but to understand him from his word clears a lot of those things up, uh, you know. And, and the the last thing I would say about that is um, another thing me and Evan have talked about is is really trying to under deal with discernment and knowledge and understand that the questions people have and the, mm-hmm. and the complaints people have about Christianity um, oftentimes have – a deeper level, maybe that they don't even really understand. We need to a- answer the most important questions rather than what they say the most important questions are. But to do that, we have to answer the questions that they have. Right. Um, right. Let me ask That's you uh, just a question. I'll start with AJ and then I'll go to Evan. What do you, what, you know, what is something that concerns you about this generation? Like something that you, you're really concerned about, something that bothers you about maybe the way we're reaching them or um, their view? I mean, it can be anything. But what is, what is something that you find very concerning, um, uh, you know, that weighs on you as a, as a man of God, as a minister of the Lord? Mm. Man, these are good questions. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think I think I, I, I kind of do it on one side. So on the side of how... Um, our generation is entirely receiving things. Um, I think one thing that bothers me is just this, not there's like a delineating of like understanding tr- what's true and what's truth. Like, like I understand like there's validation with how people feel mm. about like, I feel the same way, like emotions and feelings, those are valid. Like what you feel is true. Um, but when it comes to like, whether whatever, 
topic that is like whatever it's like well i feel like i'm supposed to be this identity or not or i feel like what i'm feeling right now is what i'm going to believe in my heart to be truth like i think that's so dangerous is like because the truth of the gospel is what that's there's only one truth right like right. there's only one truth of jesus right but when we're using our emotions and our feelings to um be what we believe in our heart to be the truth makes it very dangerous to like not only to um believe in that but then not even to have conversation like right this is what i believe and if it doesn't affect you then why are you talking to me or like we heard a lot of uh, a lot of it talking to some young adults about like well as long as it doesn't hurt you it doesn't hurt somebody else then it's fine to believe in and it's like man like but that's still like it's ultimately still hurting you because it's just true right it's not the truth um so i think that's really dangerous because then it just closes off a lot of conversation it closes off questions it closes off um just any open-handedness or open-mindedness to somebody else's perspective um and so that's that's one side and then on the other side of like how we're reaching young adults i think um it's just like you said like earlier just this understanding like well young adults like our world is so evil today and there's no hope like i just that doom and gloom like makes me so upset like i'm just right. like dude like we're supposed to have hope for these people but if you're if you're thinking it in a way of no hope or like already assuming that this is because of how crazy the world is that's that's because of them right or they're the they're the blame of it then it's like how are you loving them well and mm. it's like i think too of just this idea of like christianity being perfect like like when you're when like you believe in the truth there's no doubt in your mind like that jesus is lord and and at times I think, and what I mean by that is like, there's might be like questions that they have or understandings or concerns, but there's no safe place sometimes. It's like, well, this is the truth and this is what you need to believe. It's not like a conversation of like, well, why do you believe those things? Well, it sounds like yeah. too, what you were saying earlier that Christ, it's, it's, it sounds like a, when, sometimes it's a symptom of what you were saying before that it wasn't okay to ask questions yeah. because biblical Christianity is a shallow Christianity. They don't have room for questions. Mm -hmm. If we really believe mm -hmm. it's the truth, right? It can stand up to hard All questions. Those, yeah. It can st Doubts. stand up. It doesn't mean we'll always like the answers. And I think that's, you know, one of the things mm -hmm. this generation is hungry for because there may be some people in the past haven't been willing to answer real questions or or to deal with things um and and frankly because maybe they weren't grounded deeply in the truth as well so mm. um what about you evan that's really good yeah yeah i love what aj was saying about being able to discuss truth with a younger generation because there are a lot of places where there just does need to be a, a dialogue opening up. And then I think in that dialogue, when you are firmly rooted in the word, you can help somebody else get there as well. And so I've seen that in my in my ministering to young adults and to teenagers. One unique concern I think I have for the younger generation is a detrust or a, a lack of trust in the word of God mm. and a lack of trust in institutions means a lack of trust in the church or any type of authority. And that's that's a really hard place to be because if you have no authority, you are off on your own and nobody wants to be alone. We're not meant to be, right. be alone. We're meant to have leaders and we benefit so much from having leaders in our life. We need that. So I think bringing back a trust and first and foremost, the word of God, showing that it's reliable, showing that we can trust yeah, it. And like so you were good. saying, 
showing that if if the Bible really reveals the true God, then then we can understand these deep questions that he is good. He can handle the evil of the world. He is in control. He is coming back. We will reign with him forever. All of the questions that we really need to know in this life are found in this Bible, but it's more than we could ask, think, or imagine. It, it centers us to exactly what we need to do and be on mission and live for his glory. Mm. That's good. We have a few minutes left here, um, but I want to flip the question around now and start with you and ask, so what is, is your discipling and ministering to young adults and, uh, you know, partnering and, you know, di dealing with different churches? We're planning a conference in 2024 for, um, we want people to come from all over the nation. We'll, we'll be putting information out about that eventually. But yeah. as you're, as you're ministering with and to young adults, what what is encouraging about the young church, about the, the church of young adults? What are some things that really gives you, does give you hope? We were talking to a student pretty recently and some of his responses to our questions just blew me away. He was so discouraged that people were not having conversations and this whole movement of cancel culture, he he was just so repulsed by it. And the fact that everybody's so offended about saying anything to each other. So this idea that a whole generation is easily offended and wants to cancel culture, that's that's not true. In our experience, what we've seen is that some students would really love to have meaningful conversations. They really would love to find purpose and they're interested in, in knowing what the, the purpose of the gospel is and, and the purpose that they can find in, in Jesus Christ. They, I see a hunger, I see a thirst, a, a desire to really find meaning. And I see some students actually encountering the glory of God where they realize the purpose of their lives is to live for their creator and nothing compares to that. That's really encouraging to me. Amen. That's awesome. What about you, AJ? I think for me, the most encouraging thing about this generation um, is just how real and how deep think, like, I think this is one of the deepest thinkers, generation thinkers, like yeah. thinking for themselves. Like mm. once, like the fact that cultural Christianity, it's like the fact that families aren't going to church as much as they did back then, just because they did. Like now it's like, if you're going to church, it's because you really want to be there. Mm. Like if you want to know about Christ, it's because you really want to know. And and it asks really good questions. Like I feel like my generation, like are de like they want to know the why. It's yeah. not like enough to just. And I feel like that almost goes back to what you're saying about that shallow Christianity. They want to just dive in deep now. Mm. And I feel like when they come to know the love of Christ for themselves, it's like going to be so like rooted. Like it's going to be like, I, I think once. <laughs> they go through the emotions and the feelings and asking the questions and putting their doubts out there in a safe place where they're met with the truth of God's word and, you know, and love and grace in that, then it's like, oh yeah, these, they're going to be so on fire. They're going to be so ready to just like share. And I think it's going to bring a lot of diversity um, of people's like um, testimonies, yeah. where they came from, man, like whether, whether their ethnicity, their culture, like it's going to be just so like, it's just going to spread out more. And so that's, that's one thing I'm encouraged with. And it keeps me like wanting to, you know, minister to next, next gen is like, and my, I mean, myself too, is like knowing that like, man, like they're asking the right questions, they're deep yeah. thinkers and it's going to last. It's not going to be a faith that is wobbly. It's going to be really rooted in Christ. So 
That's, that's encouragement for me. That's that's encouraging for me too. As we close, I you know I'll just tell you I'm I'm very encouraged by young adults and a sort of a rawness and a realness. Uh, when I was yeah. coming up as a minister who came out of you know much confusion, much addiction, much uh, shallow theology, when I found the truth or when Christ found me, and I realized that there was something to anchor myself to that would never pass away. You know, I, I I often would feel like some of the people in the church didn't care for just the plain teaching of the Bible. They were like, whoa, this guy's like super intense. But young people were like, wait a minute. Mm. You know, it's like a line in the sand. Either it's real or it's not. Mm. And, uh, yeah. and for me, that's encouraging because, you know, uh, even some of my writing has been about cutting away the veneer of – you know, frankly, American Christianity or cultural Christianity so or good. political Christianity and finding the heart of the Savior, which was to come and seek and save that which is lost. Yeah. And so, well, I'll just tell you this in in, in closing, um, you know, being with you guys is always very encouraging to me. I'm, I'm encouraged about what, um, you know, what God is doing in this part of our ministry and um, you know, looking forward to possibly speaking at some events or participating and attending some events and, you know, hiding in the corner is, <laughs> is uh, no, but it just, it's real encouraging. And That's I think funny. this is the next generation of our ministry here and the next generation of the kingdom of God. So, um, well, thanks for tuning in today with us. I, I hope that you were blessed and encouraged. Um, listen, if you, if you like the content you hear on our podcast, would you do a, do me a favor and uh, just consider subscribing and so uh, or even hitting the bell so you can be notified when a new podcast comes out um, go check out worldchallenge.org and you can find about find out about upcoming events and and the many different ministries offered here at world challenge and uh, pastor gary we're praying for you as you're traveling currently and preaching the gospel i look forward to having you back with us um aj evan thanks for being here today god bless you thanks for having us thanks for having us each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting. World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.